voice of Dr. Yen, and I'm your host, Dr. Damon Yen. In this episode, I again invited the guest, Sadie Lego. Sadie Lego had been in our broadcast、uh, several weeks ago, and he shared a lot of things as a Chinese American. So. He is currently a high-tech industry professional, previous on entrepreneurial,、uh, serving global customers with state-of-art technologies and high-tech products. He closed his entrepreneurial,、uh, entrepreneurial business with China years ago after observing the CCP systematic infiltration and stealing of IPs from the United States. He has been in U.S. for over ten years with his family, and his perspectives between uh, Chinese, uh, I mean, on Chinese culture and also the difference between Chinese culture and American cultures are very,、uh, very interesting. So I would like to. Uh, invite him to share his opinions in the week of the Independence Day because this week we have just celebrated the Independence Day in the United States and back to China. We have the National Day on October first since 1949. However, as Chinese, both me and Sadiago, we were born in that kind of communist regime, and we. Have experienced totally different thing in the national day, and of course there is no independence in Chinese people's mind because if you dare to independ to be independent, how could our country, our party, control you? So here,、uh, I mean, I just want to、uh, use this opportunity to. Talk about the difference between Americans' National Day Fourth July and also the Chinese National Day. And last week we've talked about the law of patriotic、uh, patriotic education in China will be launched. And in that law, Chinese Communist Party is going to defend the education the education in the patriotism. And also using the patriotic education to brainwash people to serve for the CCP's public, uh, political security, uh, no, sorry, political, uh, interests. So in this case, uh, I would like to discuss with Sedinago whether we have seen this kind of things in America and what's the difference between American patriotism and also Chinese patriotism and.、Uh, All these kind of similar things,、uh, for example, how, how the kids get such education in school between in China and the United States, and this will be our beginning、uh, question topics. And after that, we have more topics to share with you, and based on the Chinese Americans' perspectives, because、uh, we know that there is a lot of cultural difference, and since Chinese Communist Party has already. Treat America as the top danger and also the top enemy, and also they have already prepared, mobilized for the war, and not only kinetic but also the cognitive war against the Americans. So, 
It's very important for Americans to understand CCP's thinking based on Chinese culture and Chinese language. And I think the best way to help you understand is go through Chinese people's opinions, especially the Chinese people who understand culture in both China and America. So hi, City Lego. Thank you for joining me again. Thanks for having me, Dr. Yan. So as we said, uh, in the beginning, uh, our topic will be about the difference between China and the U.S. for the National Day. So how long have you been to the United States? And could you tell me that at the beginning when you came to the United States, when you uh, celebrate the 4th July, what do you feel at that time? I mean, do you feel the total is a culture difference and uh, do you have anything impression you want to share with people? Uh, and also, uh, how how did you teach your kids on the National Day uh, about the American culture? And also, how would you do to your kids to, during the Chinese National Day? Could you share it with us? Absolutely. Um, this is a very good question because um, my impression about Fourth of July is very different. Um, when I just come to the States, like almost 20 years ago, and um, right now, just over the weekend, we were going as a family, we were uh, in a parade with a lot of friends, and uh, they call themselves, well, there are people who call themselves um, patriots during the parade. But honestly, the way that the Americans, we Americans define patriots is very different from what the Chinese communism China, they define about patriots. So I'll take several examples, right? What I just witnessed uh, and experienced over the weekend is a celebration of freedom, um, which is pretty normal for US citizens to understand, right? We're not celebrating how powerful we are, how strong our mil militaries are, or like how secure our homeland is or how much money we have, right? We don't even think about that. We celebrate purely based on we have a free country. We are so blessed. We feel so blessed, so grateful that we can do whatever we want in this country. We can talk to each other. We can exercise our religion beliefs like, in whatever way we want, right? As long as it is not jeopardizing any other people's benefits or, uh, or safety. But this is kind of like a common sense in the United States. The way that uh, I teach my kids, very importantly, is just one liner. Freedom is not free. I remember a tweet from um, that Tom's, Tom, some, I forgot his last name. Um, one of the senator basically saying that we need to be brave, just like what our national anthem is saying. Um, it, it is the home of the braves. So we need to put our courage in protecting this nation to be free to be able to be like this and whoever is or whatever is jeopardizing our freedom needs to be taken care of and need to be removed from this place that everybody enjoys to live whereas in china i was uh, quite young when i was in china and i had this kind of memories and also experiences um educations like dr yan just mentioned about 
China's they, they they don't call it Independence Day, by the way. They call it National uh, National Day or something, right? It's like the day that the nation is founded. That kind of indication. Um, if you look at the videos on the uh, TV, right, on official broadcasting, and if you join any celebrations locally. You can clearly feel the difference about their uh, celebration. They celebrate that they have a strong country. They celebrate that they have their country has a lot of money and they have a strong military army um, to protect their country or protect themselves. Right? They feel they celebrate somebody else has the power and uh, uh, the the authority to protect them, and they are they feel um, proud to be. Chinese people, whereas in the United States, for example, race is not a topic on on Independence Day, right? Like we we don't talk about race because it doesn't matter who you are, as what kind of race you are, as long as you're a person, as long as you're a reasonable citizen. Here we celebrate freedom, whereas in China, in a lot of scenarios, they celebrate that being a Chinese, right? Which is okay for being proud of Chinese, but the key point is. If you celebrate your race, that means uh, that to me that feels very dangerous because the whole like World War Two, right, was like based on this kind of racism in the beginning. So, just to summarize a bit, um, in my opinion, like the topic of celebration between the United States and the Communist China is very, very different. It feels very different. Back to you, Doctor Yan. Oh yes, thank you, Sidney Michael. So it, I mean, what you just talked about make me remind one word from the American anthem that is, America is a land of free and home of brave. And this is very impressive because back to China, freedom and also courage basically are not allowed by our government, and people are taught to be obedient. And also brainwashed by their patriotism, and also, I mean, because of the Chinese culture, we we've never have any opportunity to experience the independence. And uh, for me, since I've been I've been in United States for、uh, three years now, what I feel is. That initially, this kind of freedom—the the freedom of speech,、uh, the freedom of thinking, and also the freedom the、uh, constitution can—I mean—guarantee people to have—always make me kind of surprised, feel oh, amazing. So you can say this, you can do that, and your your law even protect you for your freedom. These are all the things I learned little by little.、Uh, In my life in the United States, which could be very, I mean,、uh, common for Americans. Maybe you even don't think twice about that. But trust me, as a Chinese person, even now, Amer well, Americans talking about their freedom is、uh, largely reduced by the suppression and by maybe the opposite、uh, groups. But still. Whenever when people ask me, I would say compared to China, you still have a lot of freedom. But the thing is, you have to guarantee you don't withdraw your freedom. You you don't give up your freedom to others. So yes, as Sidney Lagarde just said, when when you taught your kids, you will 
emphasize that freedom is not for free. So every time when I feel this kind of freedom in the United States, I always will think about how valuable it is. And back to China, when we celebrate the National Day, it's not only about the race, not only about Chinese, about the nationalism. Actually, Chinese Communist Party has developed, I mean, they learned from Soviet Union and they developed the very advanced propaganda and the theory to brainwash Chinese people. So, like every year during the uh, season of National Day, you will see red everywhere because red is the color of the Chinese communist, I mean, communist China's national flag. And also red army means the CCP's military uh, before they have new China. So red always show some power for the Chinese Communist Party. And people are taught when it was a kid, very young, we were taught to love this country, and this country is China, we are Chinese, so we should love it like love our mom, and also you have to make this connect to the other several concepts, that means as long as you're Chinese, you love China as you love your mother, you also need to love Chinese Communist Party because they taught you that without Chinese Communist Party, there is no China. Without China, there is no Chinese. And also, they, they emphasize that you have to like, uh, love the Chinese socialism because the Chinese characterized the socialism is the uh, only one way for China to survive in the world. And uh, it is a way that CCP regime established, it's a, it's a system CCP established, and it's the only way can guarantee Chinese people survive in the world. So altogether, this kind of logics has to be again and again um, implanted in everywhere, like from the uh, movie to the children books into the textbooks. Well, I mean, it's everywhere. So you you can not find the space without such red patriotic education. And now even China tried to launch the law to further punish the people who would have any independent thinking and question this kind of brainwashing patriotic education, and you will be charged as criminal. So, I mean, altogether, we have total different systems back to China compared to the United States. And now we are lucky to stay in the United States. But as Chinese, I always want, oh, I mean, want China, Americans in, I mean, even in this kind of holidays that you have to remind Chinese Communist Party treat America as a top enemy for survive I mean for survival. So this is a battle of survival between China and the US for CCP. So when you are celebrating the Independence Day, you should always think about there is an enemy, such a strong enemy, just get close and close to you, and they are going to use a lot of unrestricted tactics to grab your 
freedom to destroy your independence, and they try to do it before you're aware of that, and before you can do anything to fight against them. So, saying like, uh, what else you want to add based on this topic? I think Dr. Yan mentioned a very important point about the phenomenons we're seeing. During like National Day celebrations, the difference between the United States and the CCP China.、Um, I'm gonna just list out a few、um, fundamental logics, right? Some some logics that is deep down and people might not be aware, but that's gonna be the determined determining factors of the difference. Number one is in the United States, who are the owner of this country? It's each one of us. It's me. It's you. It's every single American citizens, right? So based on that, when we're why we're so cherishing, why we think freedom is so important, because freedom is the foundation for us to do anything. Take I'll give several examples, right? Americans can't agree on anything, or we disagree on almost anything, right? So we debate a lot, and、uh, sometimes we even battle a lot. And the result is that we get to a balance that the result is gonna be a a good compromise for everybody's benefit, right? Nobody is gonna take all the credits, all the benefits, and nobody will take no benefit and no credits from that. So that's the way we collaborate. However,、uh, without freedom, without everybody owning this country, it's gonna be so hard for us. To fight for for our own rights and our own benefits, right? Whereas in CCP China, the story is completely different. Nobody owns anything. Nobody has any rights. Essentially,、um, look at the real estate, right? The real estate are leased by the nation, by the CCP party, right? Who's the owner of the country to each of the residents? You buy the right to use this piece of line, land. Usually, share that the con the condos, the apartments, right, are sharing the lands with your neighbors, right? Nobody owns any land in theory. So, which means that the their mentality would be: Can I get more money? Can I get more um、uh, benefits, right, right, for myself? In the in the middle of all of these unfairness. In a system that I'm not allowed to own anything, right? This explains people's mental model in China that、um, they are lack of ownership. They don't think they own this country. Even if a lot of Chinese people, I'm I'm a political incorrect person, and I usually like to cut the cliches. So I I think a lot of my American friends, my white friends, black friends, and、um, Latino friends. They give me、uh, the feedback that a lot of people, a lot of Chinese people, even if they have been living in the United States for decades, they are lack of ownership mentality. They still consider themselves visiting for very long term in the United States instead of being a citizen. What's the difference? The local citizens, the 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 people who are born here, raised in this culture in the United States, they consider themselves as owner. Already, right? That's why when something ha- bad happens in the neighborhood, in the company, in the marketplace, or in anywhere, they stand up and then say something. Why? Because if bad behaviors and bad bad phenomenons keeps happening, then ultimately it will jeopardize their own rights. 
Whereas in China, if you do that, if you have that mentality, for example, as the owner of the country, then you're the first one who got、uh, put into custody. Some secret police, or even local police, or even your neighbor, right, is, is gonna、um, dislike you at a minimum, if not hate you, or just like just like consider you as a troublemaker, right? Why? Nobody thinks we owe anything here. If you keep doing extreme things like that, and then bad things from the secret police, from the government, will、um, jeopardize my security, even if I'm not the troublemaker, right? They're thinking in a very opposite way. Why people have this kind of a mentality is the key. This reminds me of the famous,、uh, the famous movie, The Truman Show. Right in that movie, this this person was born in a virtual environment world and raised in the world. Right, so his whole mental model, his whole value, his whole understanding of the of the surroundings is based on those kind of designed fake、uh, virtual reality. That is literally what happened for generations in China. There are Chinese people that has some lack of ownership or being selfish behaviors, not because they are born in that way, but because they are systematically, since they were born, since their parents were born, educated in that way to be、um, to be afraid. Of the authority to be afraid of the government, right? And you can call it. Some people call it respect. In my opinion, that's just a systematic brainstorming since very young, and caused the phenomenons we're seeing today. Back to you, Doctor Yan. Yeah, you talk about the systematic problem, and actually, I mean this.、Uh, This afternoon, I have done one、uh, broadcast with Malcolm、uh, on the about the week of with the people with other guests, and、uh, Malcolm has asked one question to all of our.、Uh, we have totally、uh, four guests, so he asked all of us that how many good people and how many bad people. In the world, so like half of half, uh, half good, half evil, or maybe five percent evil and ninety-five percent good. And in that broadcast, my reply is: I think it depends on the system of the society. For example, when people were born, they could be like they have the nature as human, uh, being. So they have the good idea, uh, good potential, or the Bad potential altogether, but the system of the society could shape them. Like back to China, when we, I mean, or in China, we we all know the system of this whole regime doesn't allow people to be very kind or very generous, or very considerable. Especially, you're not allowed to be very brave. Because as long as you have all of these virtues, that means you are the human being who, with love, and also definitely you will do the thing. Uh, I mean, consist with the human being's uh goodness, the good side of the human natures. You like to help people. You want uh do something to change the world. But this this will all give trouble to CCP regime. So clearly, they are using a totally anti-human system to drive the society to the opposite side, which is 
I mean, we can just say it's a hell. I think maybe the hell is better than that society, to be honest. And I also think that even Americans, when you go to China, and when you stay in that society as what we have experienced, it's also difficult for you to understand what happened. And also, you will be dragged into the swamp and deeply uh, fall into the swamp as the other Chinese people did. That's why Chinese, how, uh, Chinese Communist Party has tried best to bring so many foreign experts, foreign friends, foreign business people to China and then further corrupted them in China and also collect a lot of things to blackmail them in the future. Because in the society, when you have all these kind of rules based on the evilness, I mean, as an individual, the space for you to fight is very limited and the cost, the sacrifice will be so huge. That's why majority of people will choose to, I mean, get along with that system and get used to this system and forget how to fight back for their uh, freedom. And so uh, we... We'll have like one minute before our short rest. So, Sidney, like, can you share uh, some of your opinions before we close this topic? For sure. There are many folds of the system, quote unquote system, how CCP brainstormed the citizens. I think probably it deserves like at least two or 3,000 pages books to explain the whole story. Maybe we can talk about some of the details in the following section and break down this topic. Back to you, Dr. Yan. Okay, thank you. So let's have a short break. And after this, we will continue our topics with City Lego. Thank you. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rex nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe. Air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. 
Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. Working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the voice of Dr. Yen. I'm your host, Dr. Di Meng Yen, and uh, our guest is Sadie Lago, who's another Chinese uh, grew up in China and have been moved to U.S. for many years. So in the last section, we've talked about from the Chinese-Americans' perspective, and including me, I mean, I'm a Chinese in America for three years now. So what's the difference between the Americans' Independence Day and versus Chinese Communist Party's National Day in China? And also, uh, as we talk about, there are a lot of difference between the systems in U.S. and China and between pe- people's uh, opinions on the freedom or the independence. And also, Sedeleko has mentioned as it uh end of last section that he want to further break down this topic into several subtopics between, uh, before we move to the next topic. So, Sadie Lago, could you uh, continue your uh, discussion and also let us people to know the uh, what's your details in this uh, breakdown points? Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Yan. So there are many thoughts about how the Chinese Communist Party is doing their brainwashing in a system since we were born and maybe before we were even born, right? We all know that the Chinese Communist Party, it weaponizes everything, right? Balloons, should it be balloons or should it be uh, the South border or should it be technology IPs? Think about it. If they can weaponize these things externally close to the United States, inside the United States, how worse this could be inside China. We know that the Chinese Communist Party, they um, basically they hold the whole nation's people, the Chinese people living in China as their hostage. But we probably don't realize is that they don't just treat them as tools and slaves. They train those tools and slaves for their use. And propaganda and brainwashing is one of their training systems that has to happen so that these slaves would automatically be in front of them when conflict happens, will be automatically in front of them when someone want to remove the Chinese Communist Party from uh, from human history. So there are multiple ways they're doing this, right? Besides education, besides movies, 
speculate this. They have uh, just think about this. They have a great firewall that we all know of, right? But this great firewall does not exist only when internet happens. It happened since pretty much it founded. It took over uh, China as a as as a regime um, managing that that nation, right? People are not allowed to uh, to hear the information from outside. We know that these days, if somebody want to use VPN and get access to the real story of what's happening, even if what real really happened in history, for example, the revolution, right? What happened in 1990, uh, 1989, right? In Tiananmen Square. If somebody even want to know the truth, they will be monitored, they will be censored, and very likely you're gonna your door's gonna be knocked by some secret service or some police and then um, ask you to remove the app or else you're gonna be put into prison. So these kind of systems are multifunctional, are multidimensional, and it's everywhere pretty much, especially these days when uh, during uh, uh, the this kind of Competitional, the U.S. government called a competitional re, re, uh, relationship with China. I call it a conflict, a clear conflict. Just to cut the the BS, it's a clear confidence, a con conflict with China right now. The Chinese government, the CCP, is more nervous about controlling what their citizens can hear, what they can digest. One example is this: the China's foreign minister, in one of the occasions uh, earlier this week or last week, says like. However you dye your hair, however you do plastic surgery about your nose to raise, raise it higher, you cannot become a Westerner because you have to know where your root is. Something like this, if American hear from their politician, it doesn't need to be any government official, any politician, if they say this publicly, any American would think of, most Americans would think of they being a clear racist and very dangerous person that should be immediately removed from that position ASAP. However, think about this way. In China, this is probably the only information they hear every single day. They take it, they probably know it's BS, but what can they do about it? They can't remove officials, they can't do anything. This kind of thing happens for generations. That caused the people, the local Chinese people to think differently and the logic goes differently. That's the phenomenon we're seeing uh, as, a, as the end result of propaganda and their brainwashing. Back to you, Dr. Yan. Yeah, what you have mentioned is exactly the case of how Chinese Communist Party using the uh, nationalism actually is equal to the racism in this way to emphasize the Chinese nation and just the connection with Chinese people and then to use this logic to further strengthen their uh, logic as of the party, loyal to the party and uh, of the socialism. And also plus that, Xi Jinping also called for the rejuvenation of the great China. So as I mentioned in the last episode, now the upcoming law of patriotic education and also the so many other laws, which some of them have already been conducted in China now, altogether have shown that Chinese Communist Party, Xi Jinping regime, doesn't care. Uh, I mean, they don't care about uh, the your opinions. I mean, they already openly established the fascism in China, uh, communist China by law, and they are going to uh, 
adopt all the method to uh, make it uh, worse and worse, and that will help them to achieve their poetic achievements in the soon future. So, sitting like that, so I want to go to jump to the next topic with you because uh, clearly as Chinese uh, in America for so many years, you have been, uh, I mean, under you have you have been told or you have heard a lot of the pro-CCP campaigns activities, which we know the majority of them are called United Front Network. And so this campaign is so massive. They're everywhere in every uh, community and in the industries, in academic field, and uh, to influence the politicians, to lobby, to, to do all the things, uh, try to enhance CCP's uh, influence and uh, uh, propaganda in the United States. So, in the past few months, American government seems be more strong, uh, stronger against the United Front than before. So we have seen that FBI have arrested some uh, people in the United Front network and who has uh, who have also helped Chinese Communist Party in the. Uh, overseas police station. And also we have seen that this kind of United Front Network after a while become, dumb, I mean, downplayed their roles now. So they, they try to be uh, like looks more uh, Americans. For example, in the nation, in the, in the Independence Day, I have seen some, uh, many of this kind of um, organizations in New York or other cities come out to celebrate the 4th of July and tell the media that, oh, we are also Americans and we love America and we, we want to make something to make China and America's uh, friendship uh, longer or the, con uh, the relations better. So what do you think about the United France their massive uh, network in U.S. As a Chinese, have you been affected by these campaigns in your life? And could you also let our audience know the risk and also the, the harm come from these campaigns to Americans? Sure. This is a very good question because we just talked about the different um, brainwash result of the Chinese people and many people in outside of China as well as Chinese nationals um, and, and other, other countries' nationals, right? But what does it have anything to do with the United States or the civilized world, right? So United Front is one of the very unique things that Americans don't understand. Why? Because I'm going to use a different metaphor or different comparison, right? Think about the topic that Dr. Yan has been talking about for many episodes, cognitive war, right? Cognitive war is a standard practice in IC commu uh, community, right? If, for example, in Iraq or in Soviet Union times, right? Like cognitive war, global cognitive war in IC um, communities, it's a standard practice. You do this like to your enemy, to the country that jeopardizes your safety, national security, for sure. Why not, right? What the CCP does is it extends this kind of war, such as cognitive war, such as national war, such as unrestricted warfare, right? Use anything they want, 
anybody, anything could be their weapon. And that's the, the, the strategy they're using at, for the United Front um, campaign. So in English or in human language, what this really means, anything, anybody, any resource, anything that you can think of could be their, their front line, could be their warriors in front of them in the front line, could be used as their weapons. In another word, this means they weaponize everything. For what? That's the next very important question. Why do they do that? What's their purpose, right? Back to the Cold War in, um, uh, during World, World War II, right? We know that the Nazis started with this kind of racism problem and, and, and they grow bigger with more resources. Why do they do anything? Why do they um, invade the whole Europe? Why do they do all of these? It's so that their race their ideology, their system could be above everybody else. And then everybody else, all the other races, all the other system are going to be tools for themselves. This is what I call weaponize everything. This is what we're seeing right now, even if CCP calls it United Front. In sense, this is Nazism. This is their, their whole goal is so that they could be the number one in the world who's managing everybody's resource and utilize everybody's lives for their own benefit. If the Americans don't understand this, they will still living in, be living in, a, in an illusion that as if it's so unfortunate what is happening in China and, and to the Chinese people, people, as if they can only just pray for them and do nothing for them, right? It's not about the Chinese people in China. It's not about an evil regime that is in China, that uh, ge geographical area. It's about if you let it grow, let it invade like this, take COVID-19 invasion, for example, right? If you keep them doing that, then the consequence will be, we will take the same consequence as what happened in, in, in the Cold War um, uh, era. Back to you, Dr. Yan. Thank you so much. So, uh, since we have talked about the Chinese people, the Chinese campaign, no matter the pro-CCP uh, pro part or the anti-CCP part, I mean, could you give us some kind of example that how do you think about this kind of uh, United Front Network can uh, really affect American or Chinese-Americans' life? For sure. So I'll start with Chinese Americans' life. I uh, this is realistic, very real. Um, if you have any Chinese friend around you, or if you have any uh, friend that came from China and become a citizen or not in the United States, just ask your friends. Um, do you dare to say something against the Chinese Communist Party in Facebook or WeChat or? Uh, Twitter, right? Just publicly, people knows who you are. Do you dare to do that, right? I bet you this person will tell you no, myself included. But I am, I'm an American citizen. I live in the United States. I don't even have WeChat on my phone. What am I afraid of? Because the CCP does not just like disagree with you. They make sure they physically disagree with you, meaning that they have secret services. In the United States, yes. they can use their resources to go to your manager or your senior management or go to your company to say, remove this person from marketplace, making sure he doesn't have a job. And what's worst is that if any Chinese people have uh, relatives in China 
unfortunately, their uh, relatives are going to be um, taken hostage, could be tortured, could be harassed at a daily hour basis, right? Those are real problems that we are afraid of. I tweeted many tweets uh, for months ago that I don't feel safe living in the United States under the pressure of the uh, Chinese Communist Party. You can think of it as WH, right? <laughs> it, it's just it's just that it's just that bad. The those threats are real, are real for the uh, Chinese citizens. Now, if you extend that just a little bit, right? Ask your white friends, ask your black friends, ask your Latino friends, right? Just for fun, post something on um, a social media network, right? And then just say you are anti CCP for like two months, three months, do it continuously, right? And see what happens. There are this kind of chemical reaction that you're going to slowly drown into being afraid of a dictatorship uh, regime, even if you have nothing to do with it. People have the subconscious, these kind of stereotype, we don't talk about it as, as Chinese or as non-Chinese people, it doesn't matter. These kind of stereotypes are deeply inside our heart. So I, I would be very honest with my uh, American fellows that the threat of the Chinese Communist Party is real. It's affecting our lives. We acknowledge it or not. We confess it or not. It is in theory. It is in reality jeopardizing our freedom living in the United States. Back to you, Dr. Yan. Vargas, so... I have one more question for you because this is I uh, I'm always asked by American people that is I want to just hear your uh, reply very simple so since you have been uh, uh, you have been actively uh, you have actively spoke out for quite a while also you haven't exposed your own identity like your working place your real name or this kind of private information uh but you have been a, a strong voice uh, on my broadcast and also on the very influential anti-CCP YouTube broadcast in Chinese Luda media. So may I know that, will you go back to China for vacation or a business trip before Chinese Communist Party end? I forbid myself doing that. And as a matter of fact, of the people that, that I know of and several friends who are in China, they're inviting me, hey, come back and then have, let's have a drink and uh, just walk around where, where we, we walked around before, right? I told them, I would love to do that as a vacation, no problem. But what you will see is my ashes instead of me. So that's real. For me, it's real. I'll, I'll get disappeared. I know what I'm going against is a government. It's a government that holds the second GDP in the world. It's not a super strong gangster. It's not a super strong uh, military marshals, right? They are real powerful government. Why I want to take them out from human history? Very easy. When I learned the America Anthem song, I was trying to figure out the story uh, about that battle, right? To understand why this becomes the anthem song until the last sentence, the land of the free and the home of the brave. So many people come to the United States for the land of the free. We come here for better education, better career, better development, and uh, to have an American dream, have a family, have a career, and have a 
have a house, right, of our own, have a land that I, I, I can declare to be my own, to be protected by laws as well, right? But very importantly, this is the home of the brave. That means if you have courage, if you have the courage to do what God thinks is right to do, regardless of your benefit, regardless of your risk, regardless of the of the of, of the compromises, so that will guarantee you to be the, the United States become your home. That's why I encourage every single American uh, Chinese citizens and global Chinese people, right? To have the courage, as long as you have the courage, you have the 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 bravery, then that's the beginning for you to become a citizen of the freedom land, instead of just purchasing or pursuing those um like material benefits, more money, all those things. Those material things are very important, but the reason that we can call this land of free as home is because of our. Uh, courage, and because we can stand up to do what is right. Back to you, Doctor Yan. Yes, I, I think what you have described actually just uh, uh, is another way to express that freedom is not for free. And uh, we definitely, I mean, as a Chinese, we all know that what we are facing to uh, when we start to. Uh, show our attitude of anti-CCP in public, and uh, also that's why we want share with our American audience this opinion that if you don't defend your freedom, even you are American, your freedom will be reduced little by little, and also you have the very evil enemy China is watching you and try to uh, grasp. More freedom, more human rights from you. So altogether, and uh, what we want is to tell people: if you don't understand what will happen to you, if you don't understand what is going on, then when the day you wake up, you realize: oh, you actually lose your freedom, and you are in the same similar situation as what Chinese people are experiencing in China. Then it is too late. So, when we talk about the American is a land of uh, free, and also people come here, they enjoy freedom here, and they they can uh, enjoy their lives, and they can hug the the American system, American society, totally different as China. But another thing is what I want uh, talk about is the. Illegal migrants come from the southern border. I mean, specifically, I want to talk about the Chinese military age illegal migrants cross the southern border, and also I heard some people will go through the uh, northern border, and I also know some of them are developing uh, routes, uh, like for example, go through the sea uh, from Cuba, Bahama to uh, Florida. Altogether, I mean, these people. In public, they claim they are the people get prosecuted by CCP, and they want to go to U.S. for better life, for freedom, and also we have seen many of them has already、um, established their Twitter accounts or YouTube accounts, start to talk about something anti CCP since they entered United States. However. On the other hand, based on our exclusive sources in Chinese Communist Party, 
when these people claim they are the, uh, they are persecuted by CCP and uh, most of them are lying. So something like, uh, how could you help Americans to understand this very sophisticated, very complicated situation in a brief way? I absolutely agree that this is a very complicated um um operation and 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 things to understand for the uh, United States citizens. Um let me just throw out several keywords and I'm going to explain in examples, right? The first one is the key the key point is cognition and definition. If you understand what it is, if you have the right definition of a, of a problem, then you can solve the problem. Otherwise, you're going to be you're going to be swamped by the problem instead. The second one is the CCP weaponizes everything. Weaponizes everything. Good things, bad things. As long as it's a thing, CCP's strategy is basically to weaponize it. And the next one is a lot of these common sense to people that had lived in China for many years, or born in China, Chinese people, um, they will understand. But that's the part that I admire what Dr. Yan's been doing is that she explains a lot of those common sense in a system so that the Americans could understand in human language. And the last one, very importantly, is the CCP is evil. We all know they're evil, but they are not stupid. Now, how how do I how do I explain these keywords in the case of the southern border issues, right? If I think Mr. Luda in his show uh, give a perfect metaphor about the difference between different regimes or countries, right? If there's a mission to steal a bucket of sand from a beach, the way the United States is going to do that is probably going to be a bunch of submarines and a bunch of special force members. The way KGB is going to do it is probably several super, almost like not the human special agents, right? Go in there and then just like steal it without anybody um, understand or realize. What the Chinese Communist Party is going to do is they're going to send 5,000 people go to that beach and then take maybe a small nip of sand, each of them, and then bring them back. So the way different nations do things are different entities that do the same thing is very different. The southern border and sooner is probably going to be northern border issue. It's exactly this kind of situation. The CCP is not stupid. They weren't going to send a troop of army members, a troop of military members over the border as a group. They're probably going to have 10 group, uh, 20, uh, a group of 20 people, right? They will have infants. They will have women. They will have normal citizens. They will have people who really want to escape that country. But inside that group, it's guaranteed to have one or two or even more military age men that who cannot explain why they he's persecuted or what's the reason or history or any data to show that it is is illegal immigration is reasonable right 20 groups of people times 200 groups how many people is that now what we're seeing is buses of after buses after buses of groups of people going through that southern yes. border this is exactly the way that the CCP would do things even if Every single batch would be small amount of people, as long as they can have enough batches, as long as the um, 
U.S. officials are naive enough to not understand the definition, cognitively don't understand the way CCP operates. As long as we yeah. are naive, we're stupid enough, then they can keep doing that as a weaponized thing. Why do they do that? Why do they even do this military base in Cuba, right? Because yeah. if they, here's a simple, simple, simple example, right? If they invade Taiwan, and then on the same hour, if they initiate like 10, 20, 30 attacks in the United States that, that are harming lives, not just derails, but harming people's lives, guess what the, the Biden ministry will do, right? Guess what the public will do? Guess what the US citizens will be focused at? That's just sure. one example, one small simulation that why they're doing this. Back to you, Dr. Yan. Thank you so much, Sailing Lego. So because of the uh, time, uh, we have to finish this broadcast. And your opinions are very important for us. And thank you for coming. And the voice of Doc Yin, you can hear it on Saturday and Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And also after the uh, live streaming on iHeartRadio and the Mark Out uh, Out Radio Network. You also can hear us from the via the various free app like the Pandora, Spotify, Google Podcast. <laughs>